our loving Father and God. Today, like Agnes has a teacher said, we shall also begin and celebrate Ash Wednesday, a day that is the commencement of fasting and the Lenten period. Thank you, God, that you have passed through all the preceding part of the year, and you have been bringing us together to this time of reflecting, of coming closer to you, of beating ourselves up, of knowing who you are. Fill us with your grace, humility, commitment, hope, and resilience to stand up in your feet, to walk in your feet through repentance. Ash Wednesday is a part, a moment when we remember you when you began that very, very hard period. In the evening, we shall be signed with the sign of the cross on our foreheads as a reminder that you and me are just us. Takabutaka, that through repentance, you restore us, that one day we shall return to dust. Fill me and those listening to me with the Holy Spirit and humble me to reach out to you and your people. Let us still be ready to listen. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our theme for this morning is repentance, God's will for all, takes for all. And I want to welcome you and thank you like all people do, that you and many people come in the presence of God to intercede for people, to pray with people, to sing for him, even those who may not be able, our wives, husbands, and children, but you come and sit at the altar of God to bring supplication for them. What a blessing that you and me and many others listening to me do. God appreciates, the church appreciates, and may God continue blessing you. My wife Vera and my children also send greetings to you. I have a few key points which I'm going to highlight because of time in this passage. But before one understands exactly repentance and the context of this passage, if you have time, you would go back home and read the entire chapter, chapter three of Second Peter 1 to 13 where Peter is talking about the hope for a growing church. And friends, let me remind you that Peter was writing to the people after his first letter when there were a number of false prophets coming up. In fact, this letter, if it were possible, you say, would say Peter's second letter written to the church of all saints because he addresses issues pertinent to what we are going through. In fact, when I read Peter always, I say, 
the letter addressed to my home here at home. Take for example, currently and previously, there are very many false prophets, teachers, clergy, priests, men and women who have now subjugated and diverted the gospel. And I will not bite my, my tongue to mention, but there are very many diverting the real essence of the gospel. The other day, someone came in my office and this, I, uh, I, I just said, God, a mother came with a boy and he wanted counsel. I told him, look here, Canon. my son had just come home. He's been living outside, but he wants to get married. I said, that's very good. I will marry him. I know you. And uh, mom could not talk every day, but then I noticed there was a, a pastoral problem. She cried in my office a bit, see this boy is engaged to a man. I said, what? The boy of that. He said, no, the boyfriend is, the girlfriend is a man. It was so, so tough for me. That is the diversion of the gospel, which caused repentance, caused for repentance for both men, women, parents, and even children. We discussed, I'm still even following her, but, and this is a widow, a call for repentance, God's will for all people. Second Peter, as you notice, in verse one, chapter one, verse three, Peter describes God as God having power. And when we talk about power, we mean someone who can even push a mountain out from where it is. And he causes it to shift somewhere. He has glory. He is excellent. A man who is omnipotent, always around. A man who can cause things to work through women and men. I'll give you an example which happened to us last week. Peter talks about God who is the almighty creator. In 3.5 he says, they deliberately forgot that God made heavens by the word of his command and brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with almighty flood. And by the same word, the present heaven and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when the ungodly people will be destroyed. He's the God of power, a God who knows He's a silent listener to every conversation. He watches what you do. He listens what you do. He advises, Some, sometimes refuse. Though God is patient, as we see in verse eight to nine, he will judge the world. That is very clear. And Peter is very clear. Peter also addresses the nature and the priesthood of Jesus. In fact, this is the one of the passages in the entire Bible where Peter talks about Jesus 
as God and Jesus as a priest. The doctrine of Jesus, the deityness of Jesus. The righteousness of God, as you read in verse one, chapter, verse, chapter 1, verse 1, his righteousness and he is a savior. The one who brings about total reconciliation, total repentance, where you go sit with him, cry with him, and then know who he is. He's both God and our savior. He's God because he created you and me. And again, he's savior because he's savior and king above all kings. He will one day reign forever and ever and ever. And that to me is a very important point. Mm -hmm. Peter also talks about his second coming. That before the rapture, before he comes, the eminence of all teachers and teaching will be paramount, like we are seeing. It will be paramount. But because he is omnipotent, he will come and cap all his sin. And these, the days we are passing through, as these are some of the past days, the last days, which you and me need to feel and touch and know that we are going through them. And sometimes when I read the Bible alone or with my wife here, sometimes I say, but you know, the world has been there for long. No, don't take that one. When you talk about the last days, we're saying God is moving steadily, cautionly, with love and faith. He knows a plan for you, a plan for prosperity. Whether false teachers come and they go, Peter is saying, look ahead. Know what is going to happen. And the final judgment, therefore, is here with us, where you and me need to recognize our humanness, need to come closer to God, walk with him, need to touch his mantle, and then say, God, there's need for me to turn to you. There's need for me to wash myself in the blood of Jesus. For me to declare total repentance. Then me to walk in his footsteps. When you walk in the footsteps of the person whom you think is your friend, you don't panic. I normally use this example. When I walk with my wife, when she's driving me in the vehicle, I can even slumber because I know she cannot cause an accident when I'm driving. But when I go in these ordinary taxis, I'm always looking out. I'm looking at the crutch. I'm looking at the gear. Sometimes I look at the person with unkempt hair. He's putting on a T-shirt, driving 14 people. I say, God, what is happening? But because that God who protects you and me, then we are covered. And verse 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. God is not slow about his promises, as some people think. You know, people think because you are not seeing and touching and God, he's just there slumbering. No, he's not slow about his promises, as some people think. I want to give you an example. 
Some of you have been here at my home. Our home is there. There is a big tree. We say it maybe about 80 years or 50 years. When we bought this plot in 1986, the tree was there. We found it when it was about, about 30 something years. The tree has grown up in our compound in the middle of the city. It has been the centerpiece in our compound. But last Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, there was a very bad hail from here, around Kajans, even here, here. Our watchman told us it was so bad there was darkness. Wind blew the tree left and right, left and right, and a very huge tree was lifted up from the soil. It fell down. But you know, because God is so um, caring and protecting and loving, the tree never fell on our house. The tree just fell two, three meters away from our house in the entire compound. It never stood even a glass. It's never, the branch never scratched our wall. The branch, apart from destroying other trees around, it fell down. And you know, we were in Kisoro celebrating the wedding of Vela's uncle. But we were looking, who is this God, a God of, of mighty, a God of love, a God who is around? In fact, all the four days I stayed in Kisoro, I was just sleeping and saying, God, I didn't know you love me. I'm now an editor. I don't have money. How could we put up a house, a new house? A house you have been living in for over 35 years. But why am I saying this one? I'm saying that God can be present for you and me. God is omnipotent. God can care for his people. Whether people say what? Whether people say what, but God is omnipotent and he can stand in for you. In fact, there are some people who came and said, no, I think there was someone who is cursing you. Someone is falling. I said, for me, I cannot be cursed because I'm grounded and veiled in the blood and soaked in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is what keeps us going. In fact, when he came back yesterday, the other day, on Monday, we walked in our compound found a dead tree now sleeping down just two meters away from our house. We said, God, how omnipotent, how caring, how loving are you for me? I want to sing you this song. Let me sing you this song when it is our asim for the home. But when I came back home with Vera, we cried together, and then I sang this song. It's going to Uganda, but don't worry. It goes like this. If Vera was around, she would assist me, but she's, she's next year. Please come, Vera, come, and we sing the song for these people. It is a song which comforts us, and a song which calls for repentance, and the, the five, six key lessons as our end will be done. It is Uganda song drawn from Jeremiah 2.17. Let us sing for you. Gwen tamburi ramu, 
Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I want to continue. In fact, when I was pondering about the love and the call for repentance, I was here for this morning. We remembered our national, our whole action here. Repentance, God's will for all people. And when I was singing, we were singing that song. These are the key points which I want to leave with you. Prayer points as we begin this Lenten period. The first one, that as we begin this Lenten period, as we begin focusing, you and me must acknowledge that God is the creator. God is the almighty creator, as verse 3, 5 says, that he created heaven and earth. And you and me need to pay allegiance to him through repentance. He is the almighty creator. And through repentance, you and me must pay allegiance to him. And when we talk about repentance, it should not be just words that we talk about it, preach about it, but total action that involves your body, my body, my spirit, and then you begin rediscovering new ways of moving with him. That's the first point I want to leave with you. The second one. Peter describes God as having power, that his glory is manifest in the world, that he is excellent, that even as we begin this Latin period, that as we call ourselves to recognize and even feel his 
presence to make us repent, be reminded that he has the power, power over your life, power to give you hope, power to enable you move, power to give you strength, that he's glorious. And above all, he is excellent. That is drawn from chapter one, verse three, when first Peter says, to those who obtain the faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and serving Jesus. Very, very key. Who has granted you and me that life of godliness through the knowledge of whom who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he granted us his precious and very promise. I'm paraphrasing those because the Peter talks to me greatly. The other prayer point which I want to leave with you is that as you and me walk, let us be knowledgeable that we walk in the world where there are false teachers in our homes, at the places of work, in the churches where we go, even in other churches, they are false teachers, wrong teaching, cultic teachings. You and me must be very cautious to have the eyes, the mind, the heart of the spirit to decipher, to know what is right, what is wrong, to come to church and listen to godly teaching and not to be carried uh, up by all the waves of teaching. Many people get carried out and sometimes I wonder, you find someone in all sins, in Kayanja, in Fenero, in God's watch, why, why are you leaping like that one? Is it true that you are not preaching the right gospel at all sins? Is it true that the gospel is not cutting through you? Is it true that you are lacking something? I think we need to rework ourselves out and then recognize that God is present in our cathedral and that we can work out and do what is good. And that's a challenge to us, clergy, that let us be visionary, let us be strategic and then reach out to the people. Yesterday, I went to visit my big, I call her my big sister, Esther Kalimuzo. I love her very much because I have good memories with her. And we spent time talking with her. And then she was reminding me of the churches, of uh, the church of the past. It was being conducted and some flows here and there. And I told, her, I told her, I repent you shall do this. I think it is a call to repentance, a call for recovery, a call for coming. Because repentance, God's will, is for all, like Peter is saying. And Peter is very clear when he says that the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. God has never been slow, as some people think. No, he is being patient because of your sake. 
God is being patient because of you and me. In fact, he's saying, Sentongo, Mkutunuride, Speedy, Kendeza, Moto Kendeze, Njokocha. That is it. He's just saying, I'm watching you cautiously. I know what is happening, but please check, check, and check. I love very much the prayer part which we got all saints. People are called and brought in prayer. People come to God every day. People, six, 12, seven people are standing in for you and me. And that is the call for repentance. Call for repentance. But let us be cautious that even as we pray, as we come across God, God is with us. The other prayer point which I want to leave for you as we begin the Lenten period is that the nature, the deadness of Jesus, the personhood of Jesus must be manifested in you. That allow Jesus, who brings about total repentance, to come and sit in your heart, to come and sit with you. Allow God to come and watch you in what you do. Allow him to come and sit with you. Whether trials and temptations come, allow him to be your savior. Total repentance means that you allow Jesus to come and walk, hold your hands amidst challenges, trials, and tribulation. He will direct you. He will save you. He will give you the heart and the body stronger to fight any challenge. His personhood, Jesus, depicts his righteousness and again being a savior. God, like you have say, said and heard, he never gets tired because he came in this world, lived with us, shared his time, raised the dead, now he is ready to save you and me. Don't fear, continue and continue. Because he's both God and Savior, he is king. He is king. I talked about it. Another point. I think we need to totally, totally devote time for prayer, repentance. Praying for peace in the world. This is now the Kairos point for you and me to spare time. First, pray for peace in the world. You see what is happening in Ukraine and Russia. Russia is hitting Ukraine. Ukraine is hitting Russia. People are dying. Over now, one million people are almost going out of Ukraine to other countries. Let us pray for total, total peace as we enter into this Lenten period, you don't have a third world war. May we pray for that peace in, in Ukraine and Russia. May we pray for the leaders of the country that there is repentance, there is forgiveness. Not even Russia. Can we also have time to pray for our president himself? The decision he makes, the ministers, the prime minister, as she does her work moving around, can we pray for them? May we pray for the judges, 
May we pray for the people who keep law and order in Uganda. They should stop beating people. They should repent mm-hmm. and know that the guns and the sticks we have given them are godly and they can turn to them and beat them. May we pray for fathers and mothers in the homes that have gone astray. May we pray for all our children that peace, that peace which passes understanding to be evident and eminent in our homes, particularly in our homes as we go to this third phase of COVID. We pray for our children in schools who have gone there. We pray for our children in universities. We pray for the parents who are still struggling to get money. Allow Jesus Christ to raise up within you. Allow Jesus through repentance to raise up within you that you can walk with him. You can feel him. You can go out and then testify for him. Sixth pray point. It also related to repentance for all, like Peter is talking. Allow Jesus to polish, shine, and work on you in every broken area in our life. Let me repeat that one. As you listen to me, you know, I know areas where I have tarnished the presence, the name of God. Allow Jesus Christ to polish. You know, some of us men, unlike our mothers, our wives, we put on shoes which we polish every day. And for me, my wife knows I polish my shoe clean. I want my shoe to be clean. I polish them religiously. No one does it for me. After polishing, I look at it, I say, hey, it's not clean. I add on black or brown. I want my shoe to shine so that I can now walk in the presence of God when it is clean. Allow Jesus Christ to polish and shine you and work on you in every broken area in your life. If it has been speech that you go and talk about other people, repent, allow Jesus to work on you. Many of you and me talk and talk and talk and you become small radios. No, allow Jesus to polish that mouth. That mouth should be used for talking godly things, not working against people. If it has been a way of, in the way how you have been eating with Mululu, you know Mululu, allow Jesus to tame you. That when food comes on the table, you are more distant. The other time I visited my friend, the man has a lot of mululu. The child is bringing food. We began with the tea, popcorns. We had not even finished. He had eaten half of it. I said, hey, allow God to tame you to polish those bad elements. If you have been driving badly during this time of Lent, Allow God to polish your driving skills. If you have been a person who is hooting and hooting, even if you're in when the, the, the red light, please allow Jesus to stop you and then stop hooting. If you have been a person who doesn't keep time coming to church, allow Jesus to polish that timekeeping and come to church. If you have been a husband who is not responsible at home and you are mistreating your wife, 
allow Jesus to polish you and shine you in every broken area. If you have been a wife who also mistreats the man, allow Jesus to polish and shine and work on you in every broken area in your life. If you are our children who don't listen, who have now lost out, allow Jesus to polish, shine, and work on you in every broken area. Broken area means any area where you feel you are not walking straight. Allow Jesus to come and polish you, shine you, revoke you. So that one day, someday, you can stand and say, I have fought a good fight. And now a crown of glory awaits you and me. Before I finish, I have three other prayer points. Allow the power of God to manifest through your weakness. Repentance means there's sin somewhere. And because you have sinned, you have to allow the omnipotent God to come and work on you. Allow God, the power of God, to come and work on you. I remember when you were in secondary school, I used to do art. They give you clay, you get it, beat it with a stick. After doing it, you form it properly. And then you say, I'm going to mold a pot. Then you begin sitting down, you get clay, you roll up some, and then you mold the clay. You work on it slowly. And after a day or three, you have come up with a pretest. That is how God's power manifests through our weakness. You allow him come and feel, pinch you where you are weak, and then you allow him to mold you. If something is bad, allow Jesus to cut it off. If something has been stopping you to relate with your husband, your wife, your children, cut it off. But it is very difficult to say, I'm reconciling with God when your wife is paining, when your husband is paining, your children repenting. The Bible says, and very clear, if I time of really there, that if a friend annoys you, go to him, talk to him. If he fails, call an elder. Father, daddy, talk to him. If he fails, call a third party. If he fails, then you know what I mean. So total need for reconciliation, allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to be the chief actor in repentance so that you and me can now move in the direction of hope, joy, and love. And finally, ask God's space for repentance. This is very clear. Ask God's space for repentance. Seek his face and forgiveness. It's very difficult normally when some of us, you and me, commit a sin. You don't want to ask God for God's face for repentance. 
you remain very stubborn, thinking you are the topest man or woman. No, during this Lenten period, we are saying you and me should ask God's face for repentance. Seek his face. Look at him. This man is looking at you even now and then. Look at him and say, God, I've failed short of your glory and I'm seeking total repentance. I'm seeking your face, your hand, your leg, and I'm seeking forgiveness. Some of us grew up in the revival, revival time. Those guys. When we were young in the 60s, my parents were bazooks. Those people can pray. We used to eat food about eight. We have a general prayer at nine. We go in the bed. We were about 40 because my father was a, a priest and a teacher. So we could, we could, we could do that and do that. After 11, you hear them pray. After 11, you hear them praying. You hear them praying. Then at two in the night, they wake up to pray, calling God for repentance. After two at in our bedroom, we grew up moment. That moment of prayer, and we saw the hand of God touching and reaching and healing us. And it is that timeline which through repentance, through forgiveness, which has formed you and me. And we pray that God continues touching you, giving you space to repent, seek his face. And, and when you seek his face, you spare time, time for him. When I say sparing time, I mean having personal quiet time with God. Then come and talk to him, sing with him, cry with him, disagree and say, God, I am seeking space with you. I seek your face and hand. Come and work and work on me. That is, that is the call for repentance, the call for you. And in the, I love this passage very, very well. The passage in Deuteronomy, I learned that one when I was young. It says, let me recite for you. My mother taught me this one when I was in, in P5, P6. He said, when you repent and ask for total forgiveness, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. And my mother would add on. And through repentance, you will conquer. Then my mother would say, your territory shall be from the wilderness to the Lebanon. And for us, you should add on Kako. From the Lake Victoria, we used to say Lake Naugabo. To River Elfresh, and then you add on Lake Victoria. And my mother would say, you will possess everything until the end of the world. 
no one shall be able to stand against you. When you walk in repentance, no one will be able to stand against you, let me tell you, my brothers and sisters. The Lord your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on all the land that you shall tread on, as he has promised. I want to thank God that God has given us the grace, has given us the hope to walk in his footsteps. And you and me can say, God, we are seeking total repentance because that is the will God has given for me and you. May God give us the grace today as we begin this certain period to know that God is sovereign, that God is our God. And the song which we sang for you, which I want to repeat, the first and last stanza is so important. When it says, Buen tamburira muku kubo, Yesu ankulembera, Nizan chokubu sabu, Sa Yesu ye. And what is what the song is saying that you and me, when you walk and seek repentance and you walk in the footsteps of Jesus, Jesus becomes your guide. Let us pray. Our loving Father and God, today we again will begin the celebration of Ash Wednesday and the commencement of fasting, the Lenten period. Feed us with your grace, humility, commitment, hope, and resilience to stand in your feet through repentance. Sign us with the cross, ashes on our forehead, as a reminder that we are asked to the Takabutaka. That through repentance, you will show us that one day we shall return to you. Fill me and my listeners <laughs> with the Holy Spirit and humble us to reach out to your people. May God bless you. May you fill you with all those blessings. May the blessing of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac always walk with you. May the blessing of those great women, Sarah, the Esther, Deborah the judge, the mother of Jesus, may the blessing of your forefathers now in Uganda, first generation, third generation, second generation, this present generation of parents always walk with you. Those people who still have your parents, may you touch yourself that the blessings of our current parents walk with you. Be blessed today. And may God care for you today and forever. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.